Here we are, the last Sunday of the month of June. I can't believe that six months of 2018 have already passed. And with it comes a bittersweet ending and an expectant beginning in the life of Baseline and Bellevue Churches. You know, there was a time when I loved change and learning new things and relished the ability to transition from one thing to another with very little problem. It was a skill I boasted about on my resume. I loved learning new processes and new software and technology. At one time in my career at Kellogg Community College, I was IT support and believe it or not, I did a little programming, soldered connectors and built cables and set up workstations, punched down telephone lines and set up users on our digital phone system as well as our administrative computing system. I enjoyed meeting our new employees and training them on those systems. I love, love, love doing it. And then someone very dear to me retired, and then another someone, and another, and I realized change wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. And that's where I find myself today thinking about the last seven years and what this current transition will mean, what it means to me to have Pastor Peggy retire and at the same time expectantly wait for our new pastor, Pastor Nikki, to begin. I'm gonna have to be careful at this point about how much I say about how I'm going to miss Pastor Peggy and Forrest because then you might have to watch me ugly cry for 30 minutes. Does everybody know what ugly crying is? Well, just to be clear, ugly crying is a type of crying that feels so good to the crier but makes the watcher really uncomfortable. It involves eyes getting red and puffy and bloodshot, facial features bunching up rather unattractively, and then you start making those awkward sounds even though you're trying so hard not to, and then the liquid starts to flow out your eyes, your mouth, and yes, even your nose. And by the time the ugly cry is over, you look like something out of the, a science fiction movie. Not pretty. Well, in case that happens, I've asked my husband, Doug, to come up and finish the message, so we do have a backup plan. Well, anyways, back to transitions. A transition has an end, and it has a beginning. It can be a process, or a subject, or an event. Can you think of transitions you've been through? Okay, well, well let's take something simple. Visualize transitioning from waking up after eight hours of sleep and transitioning into your day. What does that look like? For some of us, we just roll right out of bed, get a shower, and we hit the road and we're on our way. Some of us, we take a little more time, maybe have to have that first cup of coffee. So it's a little different for everybody. And then let's look at something a little more involved going from living by yourself to sharing a living space with someone. And this might be via marriage or going to college and living in a dorm or sharing an apartment with someone to help with finances. What does that transition look like? Again, it's a little more involved. And then maybe something a little more complex. What about leadership, say transitioning from one president to another here in the United States? You know, we see one of the greatest transitions of leadership when the nation of Israel transitioned from the leadership of Moses to Joshua. In the Old Testament book of Joshua, 
God confirms Joshua as Israel's leader and Moses' successor and reminds Joshua that the death of Moses did not end his, did not end God's presence with or guidance of Israel, and that he, that God, would never fail or abandon Joshua. Let me read to you from Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you'll be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God tells Joshua that he will need to be strong and courageous three times uh, in verses 6, 7, and 9 in this passage emphasizing on a call to be obedient to commands that might seem impossible or maybe even unachievable. I believe God is telling Joshua that it was not going to be easy, but when he, when Joshua was afraid or uncertain, he should lean into God's strength, lean into the boldness that God provides, lean into God with unshakable faith. It has nothing to do with Joshua's strength and courage, but it has everything to do with Joshua trusting in God difficult periods. God reminds him to be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave him, not to deviate from them, to study and meditate on those instructions day and night. God provides us with those same instructions through his word and through godly leaders. He provides those to us today. Let's look at what we learned from the transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua. Lesson one. Transitions bring a season of firsts. For the nation of Israel, we read in Joshua 5.1 that after the death of Moses, Joshua reestablished covenant ceremonies, circumcising the second generation of male Israelites because no one born after the Exodus during their years in the wilderness had been circumcised. In other words, he was renewing their covenant with God. They celebrated Passover, and apparently it was the first Passover celebration that Israel had since they had been encamped at Sinai. We read this in Numbers 9, verses 1 through 5. The first ever for the younger Israelites, and for the older ones, their first since childhood. This was not only preparation for the coming battle at Jericho, but also a reminder of how they had been redeemed 
And then for the first time in their 40-year journey, the Israelites ate unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. And for the first time during this journey, manna no longer appeared. It was never seen again. Our second lesson, good leaders prepare their successor and team with a legacy and a vision. Joshua spent about 40 years serving the nation of Israel under the leadership of Moses. He watched and learned as Moses assessed their circumstances and situations, including what resources were at hand, what gifts and talents each team member had, and most important, Joshua watched as Moses acknowledged where all of their victories came from, obedience to God's commands, how Moses time and again interceded on behalf of the nation of Israel because of their disobedience time and again throughout their journey. Our third lesson is, and I feel like this is the most important, God is our succession planner. If we back up to the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 27, verses 12 through 22, we read that this transition takes place during the final months of Israel's wilderness journey. They're encamped on the plains of Moab. Moses will soon die, and they will be entering Canaan shortly after that. God tells Moses to lay his hands on Joshua, who has the spirit in him, and present him to Eliezer, the priest, and the whole community, and publicly commission Joshua to lead the people. Moses was to transfer his authority to Joshua so the whole community of Israel would obey Joshua. God says that Joshua has the spirit in him. God recognized that Joshua acknowledged God's presence and the importance of his relationship with and trust in God. So what does transition look like to us at Baseline in Bellevue? Transitions can be scary and can evoke various emotions and fears. But here's what I know. For the last seven years, Pastor Peggy has been preparing us uh, through her passion to see lives changed because of Jesus Christ's redeeming work on the cross. She helped us to see seasons of first. She has a servant heart for evangelism, and we see it in Mega Sports Camp, For You Free Store, Halloween Carnival, the Bike Rodeo, Small Groups, our joint July outdoor baptism service, adding real life a weekly worship service, and overseeing exciting children's ministry and special events. Pastor Peggy has prepared us for this very time through her example and her obedience to God's calling to go out and make disciples. Each week, Pastor Peggy brought us God's message. She taught from the Bible, using illustrations from her life, from life around us, connecting our everyday lives to Jesus' teaching and the vision he gave of what new life in him can be. She encouraged us to deepen our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, calling us to daily be in worship, prayer, and the word, because she knew the importance for us to know who God is in our lives so that we would call upon him for any given situation, including a time of transition. We can appreciate all that she did serving two churches with very distinct personalities hospital visits, personal counseling, taking critical calls whether on vacation or not, walking beside her flock from birth to death. And I know she prayed for us through health issues and relationship concerns, through financial struggles. She set for me 
and I'm sure for you too, the example of persistent prayer. My prayer life has changed because of her. I see how important it is in building my relationship with a God who loves me. She encouraged each of us to be the person God created us to be and to step out of our comfort zones. And I'm an example as I stand humbly here today. You know, it's difficult for me to talk about my past, especially my past sins, and share my weaknesses. But she looked at me through God's eyes and reminded me how much God loves me, what Christ did for me through his death and resurrection, that he will provide everything I need. I think if we were to ask her today, were all the hours of hard work worth it? She would say, yes, even if only one life was changed for God's kingdom. As I close, I want to look at our transition through Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, because when you're on the verge of change in that transitional period, it can be scary because we don't know what to expect. We don't know what tests or struggles or trials lie ahead. You know, I realized as I was preparing for this message that I caught myself referring to the Israelites' journey time and again as a wilderness journey. But wilderness brings up images of barren land, of a wasteland, an area that has been forgotten or neglected. And I realized I should be referring to it as the promised land journey, transitioning out of the old and into the new, first step of courage, of obedience, of faith in God, walking on that path of salvation, just like Pastor Peggy has been teaching us over the last seven years. And like the Israelites, as each person took their first step out of Egyptian captivity, as each one took the first step onto the dry ground where the Red Sea parted, it was scary, but as Pastor Peggy shared with me, full of potential, it was full of promise. Should we forget the lessons from their journey? Absolutely not. Because in reading God's word, we learn who God is and how to have a living relationship with him and with the path of salvation through Jesus Christ looks like. As the Israelites came to the land of Canaan, the promised land, we read in Joshua 3, 5, and this is our memory verse for the week. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. I see four important details in this verse that we can apply to our transition. Number one, Joshua encourages his people. And a sign of a godly leader is that they encourage us in our faith journey. The second detail, Joshua says, purify yourselves. In other words, which means to consecrate or sanctify, or in the terms that I can understand, to your heart. Acknowledge that God is holy and just. Praise and worship him every day. Thank him every day and confess your sins to him. He goes on to say, for tomorrow the Lord will do. In other words, as we take that first step, worry less, worship more, and expect God to do. And this is our fourth detail. Great wonders. Expect God to do miracles, amazing things, continued first that will glorify God and his kingdom. And what a wonderful encouragement from their leader because we learn in the story in Joshua 3, verse 15, that the Israelites come to the promised land by the Jordan River 
when it's overflowing its banks. It's fast flowing from the spring runoff of the winter's rainfall and snowfall. The nation of Israel could either trust God or they could disobey God's command to take the first step into the promised land, into that fast flowing Jordan River. But listen to this. As soon as the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water with their feet at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance, about uh, 25 miles away, and below the point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And what does that sound like? The very beginning of their journey when the Red Sea parted and they had to take that first step. Well, Scripture tells us the priests carrying the ark stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as every person took their first step of faith near the town of Jericho into the promised land, reminding Israel of God's miracles and his ever-faithful promise of his presence. So as we transition like the nation of Israel in their promised land journey ending and transitioning into a new beginning in the land God promised them, we must continue strengthening our spiritual relationship with God because that is our purpose. Allowing God to reveal himself to us through his word and prayer and worship and trusting him with our hearts. It's about always taking that first step and moving forward in faith no matter what our circumstances. God was trying to establish a relationship with the nation of Israel during their journey just like he's doing for us today. And today... Our new covenant with God makes it easier for us in that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for our salvation so that we can have a personal relationship with him if we choose. As we transition from a bittersweet ending to an expectant beginning, remember our previous seasons of hurt. Remember that Pastor Peggy has prepared us through example and lessons that God calls her to provide. And remember that we are all working for the same boss. God is our leader, our succession planner. Allow him to work in our lives so that we'll be receptive to change, so that we look Godward rather than inward. Ask him for his grace to give us tender, responsive hearts to help us respond to his calling and to be bold in our response. Ask him to fill us with his spirit to lead us in all we do, guiding our decisions strengthening our relationships so that we will be one with him and united with one another in his kingdom work. Pray for our new pastor, Pastor Mickey, that she will hold firm to his word as he teaches it and ask that she would find her confidence in him to trust his will and his way and that she would be bold in the work God has called her to do. And remember to ask God to keep us humble and free of individual agendas as we welcome Pastor Mickey. I'm excited as I wait expectantly to see what God will do in our lives through our new beginning. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we love your promises, especially your promise to always be with us and that you'll send us godly leaders. Help us to be strong and courageous as we move forward in faith and trust in our relationship with you. Help us remember the story of the leadership transition from Moses to Joshua. Help us to remember the hurts, how you have prepared us for this very time. 
and to remember your legacy and vision that is everlasting.